are dark, no matter how much you may feel you have to, do not go on to the place where the dead Welcome to Funtime Movies. This is Eric, and my co-host is... Arwen. And we're going to talk about movies. Uh, this is a movie podcast. We enjoy movies. We love talking about movies ever since I was a little kid. That's what we did. So, Arwen. Yeah? Have you seen any movie trailers that you want to see? I have not today. I did see that the new It trailer is out. Oh, is it? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, and so like I'm really excited trailer? about the yeah. Okay. So I should have looked that up. I was going to. Yeah. What did I see? The house with the clock in its walls. That looks pretty interesting. It looks good. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of excited about Mary Poppins Returns. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. So it's good. It looks that. like it's going to be a musical after all. Yeah. Which it should be. Um, the Halloween trailer. Uh, looks terrifying, and I want to go see Halloween. Yeah. For the first time in since Halloween two. Long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like it's gonna be a good time. Um, today's movie is Pet Cemetery. It is uh, a 1989 film. Its runtime is one hour and 43 minutes. Directed by Mary Lambert, uh, starring uh, Dale Midcliff, Denise Crosby, Fred Gwynn. And uh, Miko Hughes, and I didn't write the little girl's name. Uh, they're twins. They're twins. One was Blake, I believe. Blake and Bo, I think. Or... I think that's right. That is just shoddy work that I did. <laughs> IMDb to the rescue. IMDb to the rescue. Blaze Birdall was one of the girls, yes. and I think Bo Birdall was the other. Right. Okay. So Blaze and Bo Birdall. They were twins. Uh... Which One. is kind of surprising because they were older. Yeah. Usually you don't see that unless they're really toddlers, yeah. really. One could definitely act better than the other one. I just don't know which is which. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the acting portion of this in a little bit. Denise Crosby, you've seen her in Star Trek The Next Generation. She Walking was, Dead. Yep, she was in The Walking Dead as well. Um, she was in the uh, where, where they eat people. I forget. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. That's mm -hmm. that's it. So you've seen her, Fred Gwynn. Uh, he was Herman Munster um, for a couple years, and then people just assumed he was Herman Munster the rest of his life, because I don't remember seeing him in anything until My Cousin Vinny, and then after that, uh, Pet Cemetery. And I can't think of anything else that I've seen him in. He was in Car Fifty Four back he, way in the day. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, Grandpa Munster. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, they they were in a TV series <laughs> called Car Fifty Four. Where are you? Um, and it's a funny cop comedy. You don't get too many cop comedies. That it was a funny cop comedy. Well, it was what the fifties? Everything was kind of yep. glossed over during the fifties. Let's uh, talk about Miko Hughes. What he's been in. Um, Miko Hughes was in Wes Craven's The New Nightmare. He played uh, Nancy or whatever her name is. Is uh, uh, creepy son. Um, he was in Kindergarten Cop. What else? Uh, Mercury Rising. Mercury Rising. He had quite a little career there going for him as a child. Um, He's still acting. He was in Tropic Thunder as yeah. a radio DJ. Um, and he's going to be in something called The Untold Story in 2019. Okay. 
So we're going to see more of Miko Hughes. Uh, he has grown up to be a pretty decent looking guy, unlike uh, poor Hallie Joel Osmond, who grew up and his head grew bigger than his body. Oh. So. Be nice. I'll be nice. <laughs> um, we watched the trailer first. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the trailer? I thought it was a good trailer. I did think it gave away a little too much. But not more than like they do now, where no. they show the whole ending exactly. of a movie. Exactly. And the best thing was they did not show Gage. Right. Pet Cemetery is a movie based off a novel written by Stephen King. He wrote this like in 86 or 87. He shelved it. His wife read it, said, you need to publish this. He published it. Um, I read it. Uh, man, I, I think that I was in junior high school when I read the book. You know, I didn't catch all the overall themes of the book. I just enjoyed reading Stephen King books at that time. Yeah. Um, and I had read, I would say, six or seven that school year. If That's you know a what lot. a yeah, if you yeah. know what a Stephen King book looks like, they're they're big. They're very big books. I like the trailer. I thought the trailer did not give away too much. It really for a fan of the book to see this come up on the screen, seeing the people uh, act out what you have already done in the theater of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, to see that on the screen, that was interesting. I watched the movie when it came on home video in, uh, I, I guess it'd be about a year after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I loved the movie, and I watched it over and over again. And uh, it was it was a great movie. My first experience with the movie was when I was pregnant. That is a terrible, terrible time to watch this movie. Why? It being, being very hormonal, I was just over the edge. And I wasn't very much into scary movies at the time either. So it kind of scared me back then. I recall watching Sleepaway Camp 1, 2, and 3 with you. <laughs> uh, as well as The Mangler. Ugh. And various other movies that we would get from Blockbuster Video. <laughs> and uh, Dating us there. Yeah. <laughs> And we would just, like, we would just watch all these horror movies. It was a lot easier to watch horror movies back then. Now it's like, I don't know what anything is anymore. It's like, okay, I'll watch it. Is it scary? Probably not, because I've already had those experiences. So, let's get into the movie. Okay. Um, We're going to talk about, uh, first, the director. Okay. Directed by Mary Lambert. This was not her first movie. She had done a movie prior to this that was a horror movie, uh, from what I understand. But mostly she she was the author of Your Childhood in the 80s, basically. Uh, she did all the music videos, apparently. Right. Anything from, like, Madonna to Annie Lennox, Sting, Motley Crue. Madonna was her big Madonna was her ticket. Yeah. yeah. I felt like... The movie seemed more like a music video watching it now than when I watched it back then. Um, mainly because there's no real cinematic shots taken. They're all like closed-in shots. They're very television-y Yes, shots. it was very television-y shot. So, yeah, the only real artsy piece, I thought, was when they were walking through to the other cemetery, the Micmac Cemetery, yeah. where they, they focused on the trees at the bottom, the roots, 
while they're walking up and they just lingered on it. I was like, am I supposed to be catching something here? Right. Because I think I'm missing a detail, but I'm not. It was just yeah. art. In the book, the, uh, the other side is a creepy place. It has monsters and various other like fantasy type creatures in it. I think we saw one when he was burying Gage in the uh, final moments of the movie. When he was about to get there, yes. Yeah. Something popped out. But that's the only real uh, supernatural thing that you saw in the cemetery area. Right. Right. But you did hear the uh, Wendigo. You heard You heard something, yeah. Yeah. It was just, it As was Judd a, would say, it was a loon. A loon, yeah. <laughs> you heard the loon. <laughs> Let's talk about these trucks. There was a lot of semi-trucks. I lived in a town where there was no cops, and we were inside the city limits, and, and trucks would just barrel down the road, and we were told not to go down that, mm -hmm. you know, not to walk right. close to the road. Um, I'm not sure if anybody ever got hit by a truck, but there was always that looming fear that, you know, those guys are just going way too fast through our town. And yeah, it was, it was crazy, and it was you know two lane highway, two lane street, and similar. They were just, yeah, similar to what we saw. Very in the movie. similar. Um, rural town. It was uh, very reminiscent of that time in my life. We see some foreshadowing though, um, when Gage runs out to the street, you know, not paying right. attention. And what do we always tell our kids? Look both ways, right? Well, Gage is too. Gage is too. Someone but, should really be watching Gage. Yeah. So Judd Crandall, Fred Gwynn's character, grabs him up right before he gets picked off. Mm -hmm. um, he's not so lucky later. Um, this is going to be a lot of spoilers in this episode. If you haven't seen the movie, Go why watch not? it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we watched it on Amazon Prime. I saw that YouTube Red has it to rent. You can rent the movie. You can buy the movie on Amazon. It's out there. So just go see the movie. What else do you want to talk about with the trucks? Anything? Um, no, not really. I mean, they just kind of... Oh, there was one scene where there's a house burning down. And the truck is just shown going by. Yeah. No, no fire engines. No fire trucks. These trucks don't care about anything. They are just trying to get to wherever they're delivering. Right. Character development is interesting in this movie because Rachel was a weird character. Rachel's story was very unusual, yes. She took care of her sickly sister who died in front of her and it traumatized her for the rest of her life. Um, when they go to the pet cemetery, the out the 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 fake pet cemetery, I I like to call it. It's a real pet well, cemetery. It's a real pet cemetery. It's not a magical pet cemetery. Right. It's the it's the front. When they go to that cemetery, um, she kind of gives like these angry glances at her husband, you know, and at Judd. She was like, didn't want to talk about death. Right. Didn't want to talk about dying. Mm-hmm. Because kids shouldn't learn anything about that. I am of the opposite end of that, mm -hmm. where, yeah, kids should have a happy life, but they should also know that people pass away. Well, they need to be able things to deal away. with those things when they come up. Right. Because otherwise, it's just crippling. Exactly. This is uh, one of my favorite movies. Really? Um, yeah, it is. 
I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. And, you know, we own it on Blu-ray. But, yeah, we ha I haven't seen it in a long time, but I really like this movie. I think it's because of the nostalgia of me having read the book. And I compare in my head, still to this day, like I was doing it while I was sitting there watching the movie. Right. I was watching that movie going, man, it would have been so much better if Pascal was in all those other scenes. Just yeah, as we were watching it, I felt like, I, as someone who has not read the book, that there was pieces missing that would have made the movie better. Right. So, let's talk about Fred Gwynn's character, Judd Crandall. Okay. I think he's the villain in this movie. Absolutely! He comes off as this really nice old man, and he probably is a real nice old man. In the book, he... He drank beer and... Uh, he drank Budweiser. That was the only product placement I believe I saw in the movie. Yeah, but in the book, he drank beer. I don't remember what kind of beer. But I always remember the kind of cigarettes because they were called Chesterfields. Interesting. And I don't think I've heard of Chesterfield outside of that book and probably other Stephen King books. And he'd, like, roll them around in his fingers. There was always these, like, little details that Stephen King would give to a character that you're like... I can see a person doing that. Uh -huh. So when I watch Fred Gwynn on, uh, on screen, he's doing those subtle things. And he's saying, you know, in these Boston, Maine accents, their, their lingo, their, the way they, they just calmly just matter-of-fact say crazy things. I would say that, yeah, he's the villain of this, of this movie. He's the one that shows, what Lewis. is his name? Lewis. Lewis. Lewis Creed. Uh, he shows Lewis Creed the magical side of the pet cemetery. Yeah, over a cat. Yeah, over a dead cat. Now, don't get me wrong. I own two cats. I love cats. But I would not try to bring one back. Uh, absolutely That's not. just a bad idea. Yeah. And Church wasn't really that great of a cat either. No, Church was very temperamental. I, had a, I have a cousin that had a cat that would stand on top of the refrigerator and hiss at anybody who walked by <laughs> and uh i hated that cat yeah it was just a bad cat church was a bad cat hissing and 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 all that stuff but in church's defense there was a two-year-old terrorizing this cat yes. all the time <laughs> um he was a tomcat so he's outside a lot yeah there is a subplot where he gets his uh neutered he gets yes. he gets neutered and uh he's supposed to be more temperamental but as and and not wander that was the Less idea temperamental, behind it. yeah yeah and uh he gets hit by a car almost immediately after he gets neutered so it <laughs> it's just yeah. those real weird stephen king type subplots that he likes to weave into his stories he did write the screen screenplay for this movie so props to him on that I'm sure he didn't want to have it end up like The Shining. Right. Because uh, he really hated The Shining. And it's still to this day, I guess, I, I saw an interview with him on YouTube not too long ago where he mentions it in disdain. Really? Yeah. He just doesn't <laughs> like the movie. That's probably why he redid it. They had a new one that was, uh, I think it played on the USA Network. Yeah, it, yeah, it was like a it miniseries. It was much more closer to the book. Yeah, yeah, and he, I believe he was in charge of that I whole think entire he was. operation. Yeah. It was like a big F you to Stanley Kubrick, you know? Stanley Kubrick, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that could be hit. Even though I do love that movie. 
All right, Lewis is a guy that uh, he is played by Dale Midcliff. Midkiff. Midkiff. Yeah, he looks like somebody you've seen in anything. And I swear we have, like as little bit parts in different right. TV shows, but for the most part, no. But he's been in a lot of stuff, and yeah, if you watch CBS dramas, I think you've seen him. He was on an episode of Castle. Well, there you go. If I had watched Castle, I would have seen him. Yeah, he does a lot of one-episode things. Yeah. Oh, he was an episode of Dexter. So, Lewis is a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he is actually teaching at a university. That's why they moved from Chicago to Maine. He meets up with uh, Vincent Pascal in a horrific way. Well, Pascal has an accident. He's been hit by a truck. Yeah. Reoccurring theme. Right. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was the school that they were at or if that was an actual hospital. Was so a, was it was a, a school? Yeah. Okay. That's why there were no ambulances or anything. It was just... So he got hit by a truck outside of the school. Right. Wow, that sucks. And they dragged his body up there and they, they told, you know, doctor to uh, take care of him. And uh, he basically ushers everyone out of the room yeah. and then just puts a curtain up. Yep. And he doesn't do anything because he's already gone. Yeah. But Pascal has some sort of supernatural event happen where he coughs blood up onto Lewis and then says some words. And they say those words later on about soil of a man's heart and something else. He says the soil of a man's heart is stonier, Lewis, and I'll come back to you. Yeah. Come back he does. Several times. <laughs> I um, was surprised. Because I did not remember that when I first watched it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like the ghost in uh, American Werewolf in London. Yes. Uh, where The friend. Yeah, the friend. Yeah. That, well, that friend kept rotting. Pascal kind of looked a little sicklier as time went on. But he also was noticeable as Pascal. Like, I, think, I think in American Werewolf in London... The guy rotted away to just a skeleton at, at the end, and oh. that was it. Yeah. It's been a while. It has. So anyway. We talked about Denise Crosby. We talked about Dale Midkiff. We've talked about Fred Gwynn. Let's talk about Missy the Housekeeper for a second. <laughs> that just seemed like no reason to even have her around. She was a very small part character, but I think it was to show the actual, like, weird world of Stephen King. This woman, she's obviously got stomach ulcers or something really bad with her stomach. She complains, but when she's offered help, she's like, nah, it'll go away. It'll be alright. And then uh, later on in the uh, movie, we see her kill herself because of the stomach pain. Yeah, she thinks she has cancer and she has no way to pay for it. Right. And Missy's only job, it looked like, for the creeds was to do their laundry yeah she was it's like their they just moved launderette. into this house and they already have someone doing their laundry for them yeah. does not make any sense to me i'm sure i'm sure they uh arranged some things i'm sure it got arranged i people, guess people do that i mean if i was well to do i could just go and say hey molly may do my laundry do my laundry <laughs> i want somebody to do my laundry now right <laughs> So, Church dies. Yes. And Judd, the villain of this movie, is Judd Crandall. Just, just 
letting you guys sweet know this. Sweet little old Judd Crandall. Yes. The sweet little old man is the villain in this movie. <laughs> Not the poor things that came back from the dead. So Judd takes him down to the pet cemetery. And uh, he says, we're going to go over the wall of briars, basically. It's right. not just briars, it's roots, it's fallen over trees, but, like, it's just this It looks big old like wall. it's impassable. Yeah, of briars and, like, brush. And so he takes him over there. Lewis falls the first time, and Judd was like, I told you not to look down. He's like, oh, yeah, I won't look down this time. So he, they go up, and they bury Church in this, like, no, mountainside. No. Judd does not bury no. He says it is it is his responsibility, basically. Right. So Lewis buries him. And so Church gets buried. He goes back home. Next morning, Church is there. Here's the, here's a weird thing about Church that I thought, when I watched it originally, I thought the cat was animatronic. Interesting. Because um, of the weird, you know, the eyes being oh. so flashed and yeah. lit up. Mm-hmm. And the way it hissed. Because I had never seen a cat hiss quite like that, where it looked like a robot cat, you know? Mm-hmm. And to their credit, it was not a robot cat. It was an, it was seven cats, really, that they trained to do different things for the movie. So Church was an interesting character also in this, and uh, he kept popping up and scaring people. Like, you get those horror movies where one of their horror movie tropes, obviously, is a cat just, like, flies across the screen. Right. With screaming. Yeah. You know, and, and you're like, ah, oh, crap. You know, and it's it's scary, but they only do it, like, one time in those movies. Yeah. Not in Pet Cemetery. In Pet Cemetery, they do it about, I counted, like, six or seven times. Was it that many? It was a lot. Oh, my goodness. Where I know he just got... pop up and just run past him, screeching. Yeah, he'd, he'd, like, go for the face, too. Yeah, yeah, he'd <laughs> just jump right at your face. I'm like, what cat does that? A very angry one that should yeah. be not around anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, by the way, this all happened while uh, Ellie and Gage and Rachel had gone to... Chicago for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Lewis didn't go. I think that when we talk about the funeral scene, we kind of know why Lewis doesn't go. Well, he mentions already that, you know, the father-in-law really doesn't like him. Yeah. So it was easier just not to go. What else happens? While Ellie is in Chicago, has a dream about her father and Judd burying church. That's right. So here's that other supernatural element that Stephen King does in his books is that uh, The Shining was a book and it introduced uh, a young boy that could read minds and tell the future. I believe that Ellie might have The Shining. That's possible. I didn't think about that actually. Even if it's unintentional for the movie, the way things make sense to me is that she has The Shining, she could see the future. It's not just Pascal showing her these things, because even in The Shining, it's the future versions are dead people showing you the future. So that's like how The Shining works, I think. If you disagree with me, try and find me. (laughs) So yeah, Ellie has those uh, crazy dreams. Then Judd tells the story of how when he buried his dog Spot, and by the way, Spot was the name of his dragon uh, pet in The Munsters. And so it's kind of funny that he had a dog named Spot. That is in this funny. Movie. He he buried Spot, 
And then Spot came back. He wasn't the same dog. No, in fact, he was evil and, like, growled at the mother. Yeah, so if So Judd... why would he let someone else bring an animal back? Exactly. <laughs> so Judd knows that having this type of animal, you know, come back from the dead is bad. So why bring him back? It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. He was like... A, a little girl shouldn't be, you know, uh, have to deal with a, a death like this. <laughs> and it's like, what? You'd rather exactly. her have an evil cat now? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it made no sense whatsoever. He also tells Judd, or Judd tells Lewis at one point that no people have ever been brought back. Right. Which is a total lie. And it's an absolute 100% lie because later in the movie, uh, Judd tells this story about a guy named Timmy who won the Purple Heart but died. His dad brought him back and he would be eating animals outside of the house. He was walking back and forth and the townspeople were like, this isn't right. You guys got to go do something. And so Judd and his guys, his gang of guys, went to the house to do something about it. They had cans of gasoline Mm -hmm. and they decided to set the house on fire with Timmy and his alive father in the house. So they murdered Timmy's father. Yeah. And uh, this is where Judd said, you know, uh, sometimes dead is better. Yes. He mentions that a couple times. Right. This is another story, like, he knows what's going to happen. He knows the whole strangeness of this situation. He knows that they're going to come back evil and maybe craving flesh. But does he warn him not to with church? He warned no. him with Gage. Oh, yeah, with He Gage. strongly tried to tell him not to do it with Gage. Right. And Pascal kept warning Lewis not to do it. Right. At all, even from the beginning. And here's the madness of Lewis, is that he loved his child so much that he was like, I can bring him back, maybe it'll be different. Yeah. You know? And uh, it wasn't. Which reminds me of... Uh, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein movie. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. When he brought back Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Bonham Carter. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Right. It's very similar. Oh, man, she was so mad. Yeah, she was. Oh, man. <laughs> we ought to review that movie in the future. I think we will. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein That's a really a good, good one. one. I mean, it's October. We're Our first episode here is Pet Cemetery. Um... This is a very low-key episode of this podcast, um, mainly because we took a lot of time trying to get our audio equipment set up, (laughs) and we're still learning, so stick with us. Um, I think you might like us. Anyway, we get back to the movie. I put down in in my notes that Ellie is an emotional roller coaster. She's either crying, laughing, angry, happy. So... Having been a a girl growing up, those are all emotions that happened to us. Yeah, but it just seemed like it was either one side of the spectrum or the other. It was always something going on with that little girl's life that was so drama, you know, so dramatic mm-hmm. that she had to lash out. There's a lot of emotion there. She's very strong-willed. 
very independent. Yeah. But I think there was a lot of overacting. No, oh, definitely. I mean, I hope she became a better actress later because she just is not right now. Then we get to the death of Cage. So here we hear our first song. Yes. And it's Ramon's song, uh, Sheena is a Punk Rocker. Yep. Sheena is a punk rocker. It's one of my favorite Ramon songs. Ramones from the 70s and early 80s, um, go out and buy them. I mean, just buy the music. It was amazing. The song that they did for this movie, not so great, not so amazing. In fact, it won a Razzie Award for worst song, <laughs> worst song in, uh, in a movie. Yeah, they're flying a kite out in a field, and uh, they give the, the ball of twine to, to yeah, Gage. Yeah. And Gage is like, I'm flying it. I'm flying it. By the way, this kid's cute as hell. Like, He's adorable. So damn cute. And then you get to see him die. It's that, I'm choked up right yeah. now just thinking about <laughs> it. I'm like, oh my God. So so what this movie did was make you fall in love with this little boy. And I read the book. I knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. I knew what was going to happen. Right. But there he is, dead. It was a very traumatic scene, too. Yeah. Like, you don't see the truck hit Gage, obviously. No. But you see Gage and the truck in the same scene, and you're like, no. Exactly. And then, like, when the father, you know, when Lewis is crying and screaming no, uh, you know, the dramatic no. (laughs) Basically, you see lots of photographs of Gage as a child and them holding him as Mm -hmm. a baby, you know, and all this stuff. And, like... It's that is the most emotional and probably saddest death on screen death, I think, in all of cinema. And it's in this movie. Okay. I mean, there's other death scenes that, you know, like in Saving Private Ryan, where he's fighting Uh, that guy and the guy just slowly pushes the knife into his chest and he's like, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. And then he's just. Dead. It's gone. Yeah. That was sad. You know, Alpha Dog, sad. Mm-hmm. But for other reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, and this. It's because it's a baby. Yeah. Well, it, it's that, and you grew to connect with this child mm-hmm. and go, ha, Gage is so funny. Ha, Gage is so cute. Ha, Gage is dead. <laughs> so <laughs> it just uh, freaks me out to, like, think of that. But it was something that happened in the movie. From what I read before we watched the movie, he wasn't in a lot of these intense scenes. Right. He was, you know, there was a dummy, there was a plaster cast made of him. In fact, we saw a video, like, just before we started uh, recording this podcast, where they showed him playing with dinosaurs mm-hmm. on, a, on a tray while they're putting a plaster cast around his body. And I'm like, that poor kid had yeah. to sit through that <laughs> garbage. So Yeah, he just thought he was playing during his scene. Absolutely. So they, they did a lot to make sure that they didn't traumatize this poor right. boy. <laughs> because there was concerns after the movie was made, like after people had seen the movie, like, why did they let this kid do these crazy horrific things? They didn't. Relax. Yeah, and if you're if you're really paying attention you can tell that's obviously a dummy. Yeah. And like no children and probably one cat were harmed. <laughs> so Pascal keeps uh, had said at one point the barrier was not meant to be crossed. I don't know where this barrier is. I mean, I know where it physically is, 
but I don't know if it like crosses into a different dimension. Oh, um, right. If it goes to like some ghost world. Well, the Micmac people were real people. Yeah, I I read about them. They they were called the Micmac. Yeah. I keep thinking it's something else, but nope, I got it written down here. Mm-hmm. Micmac, Micmac Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, Micmac Native American tribe. Yeah, mostly in the Canadian regions. Right. And obviously Maine, and you know they traveled through that area. So I don't know if it necessarily is the sacred area that they would have maybe gone through. Right. Or if it's just they put up a magical barrier around this area, you really you should think, stay out. Do you think that the Micmac Indians were bringing their own people back to life? Well, why else would they have a, a magical cemetery that would bring people back from the dead? I don't know. Why would you create that? I don't know. It's, it's just nuts. Yeah, I mean... Especially the way they come back. I mean, what was interesting, though, is but that... But the soil is spoiled. Ooh, maybe it wasn't originally. Yeah, I just thought of that. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was said by probably Judd at some point, what comes back is not the person that went in. Right. Which I think is evidenced by when we finally do see Gage come back, it appears that Rachel either is in Gage, like she hitched a ride back with him, or it is Rachel and she's pretending to be Gage. I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. What are you talking about? During the scenes with Gage and when Gage kills Judd. Yeah. It it appears to be Gage. Yeah. But then when, not Rachel, Zelda. Oh, Zelda. Yeah. That's what, I'm sorry, Zelda. Yeah, there was that. Zelda hitched a ride. There was that theory that Zelda was getting revenge on the uh, on the family. Yeah, there was that weird thing about Zelda and her death. I mean, she had spinal meningitis. I had spinal meningitis as a child. Like, I was three. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember getting a spinal tap, which sucks. Yeah. Like, I remember that vividly in my brain. Like, right now. Twinging a little bit. So, she died. Rachel was... They lived in a weird house with weird paintings. Yes. There were children at the bottom of the stairs. I don't know if they were her brother and sisters. They did not look like they belonged to the same right. family. They just looked like hillbilly people from next door. Yeah. You know? It was very weird. Rachel told the story of how she was feeding her sister broth and she started choking and she died. She was eight. Zelda was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said she ran out of there crying. But now that I think about it, maybe I was running out of there laughing. And I was like, that That's was messed up. overdramatic. Yeah. Pretty much overdramatic. I, I would have to say that uh, that is one of the most messed up stories. It's It's up there with like Phoebe Kate's story and Gremlins where she's talking about her yes. father going down a chimney and getting stuck on Christmas Day and dying. I mean, there's that story. There's some weird other stories out there that are told. I mean, Phoebe Cates had a second story in Gremlins too about something else, and I can't remember <laughs> it, but I know it was just as weird, and everybody like looked at her, and then they kept moving on. And that's what... <laughs> that's that's how what, this kind felt. of what they did here. It felt they, like, weird. looked at her, and then we just moved on. I had a feeling at one point that their marriage might be on the rocks, mainly when they were talking right after they went to the pet cemetery, and, and Ellie asks if... Uh, 
if God could bring church back or something like that before they went to Chicago, that is. And she, like, glanced at him. They got into, like, a little argument, and then she went outside and says, are we still friends, Doc? And he's like, yeah, we're still friends. I think he was just angry that she made him promise that the cat would be okay after getting neutered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's That was the scene, yeah. What mm-hmm. if Gage dies? Or what if Gage dies? What if Church, church dies? Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, there's always that chance. Yes. I mean, it's like you don't want to make a promise when you know that there's a chance that the cat might die. I mean, we knew a woman that went in for simple back surgery and she just died on the operating table. I mean, things happen. Yeah. We already talked about Gage coming back. He comes back. At first, it looks like a. It's going to be like a daylight grave robbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's broad daylight outside, and he just like goes over to the grave, and he's like got his, you know, shovel, his shovel and, in his pick there. Yeah. You know. And he's like, "I'm gonna get you out." And broad daylight. They, they cut to Chicago, where Ellie has a crazy dream, and and uh, she calls him Pax Cow. Yes. And she says, Pax Cow says that he's going to do something horrible. Uh, the Lewis is, not, right. not Pax Cow. And Rachel is kind of like, now, now, there's, what's a Pax Cow, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, and there's no such thing as ghosts. Yeah, and there's no such thing as ghosts, which clearly in the Stephen King universe, there's ghosts every friggin' place. Yeah. Ghosts, vampires, werewolves, everything is real in the Stephen King universe. He tells Ellie, because Ellie, I guess, is a more susceptible mind. Right. But he influences Rachel um, yeah. to go. And yeah. he doesn't just influence Rachel. He influences the flight attendant and the ticket, uh, or the lady, rent-a-car lady. Rent-a-car, yeah. And, uh, and he's with her, like, the whole time. And the truck driver that picks her up. Yeah, and there's, like, this funny scene when she's on the airplane going back to Maine. And she turns around. But she doesn't see Pascal. Mm-mm. But Pascal's just sitting there smiling and like real happy and yeah. kind of bouncy. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? It was some levity to a very dark right. story. She drives this rent a car that was already told was a little banged up. It gets a flat tire. She wrecks it. Pascal says, you know, this is the end of the line for me. A trucker picks her up and, uh, on the side of the door, you can see the number 666. So there's more foreshadowing that Rachel's probably going to be dead. We get to Gage being buried and resurrected. And he shows, like, Lewis goes to sleep. He shows up at the house uh, only to take a scalpel and then go across the street and murder Judd. Yeah. And I'm like... With no mercy. No, no mercy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he hamstrings him and he yeah, cuts his mouth. That was a, that was a hard scene, too. And then too. he uh, bites into his neck, and then later on we see his body, and like his whole bottom lip and jaw are like torn up. Yeah. And he's really messed up. The scene where he kills Rachel, you don't actually get to see. Right. You get to hear. Right. It's off camera, and with good reason. I mean, I don't Yes. Know, you don't really want to see something like that. And, like, you said that you swore that he said, I love you, Mommy. I swear when I watched it several years ago on television, he said, I love you, Mommy. Because that really freaked me out. This version, he didn't say that. He kept saying, I want to play with you. Yeah. So I don't know if there's, like, a mystery version out there that television did because sometimes TV has a different cut. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he didn't say that at all. He just wanted to play. Right. 
which was a bit creepier, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, little Miko Hughes had all those lines when he <laughs> called when he called over to his father, where he says, "Hi, Daddy." I missed you or something like that. It sounded like what they did is they got him to say one word at a time yeah. and then put it together. And he's like, he's like, first I got to play with Judd. Then I got to play with Mommy. Now I'm going to play with you. <laughs> and to hear the demented chuckles of a two-year-old, it's it's frightening, but it's also, it it's takes comedic. you out of the movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a little comedic. Um, and I didn't feel like... It was ominous enough. They could have just left out the laughing. Yeah. Or they could have made the laughing more giggling. There were some giggles. Yeah, there were. But, like, he would go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, kid. It's <laughs> enough with the overacting. You're two. He's two. <laughs> you got you got a ways to go. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, so, strange. So, before we gloss over that... When Ray, in, in the scene with Rachel, when she finds Judd, she goes into that room and Zelda is what she sees first. Yeah. That's why I kind of thought maybe Zelda either hitched a ride or is Gage. Yeah, it could be. Um, because they said what comes back is not the same person. Right. And he clearly wasn't. But I don't think that Zelda would have been a vindictive person. She sees her as a vindictive person, and I think that was all in her head. Oh, that's possible. So, but Gage is dressed in, like, a blue... Blue velvet outfit, which kind of matches a painting on the wall. Right. With uh, Zelda and uh, a cat. And What we think is Zelda. I think it's Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, 90% sure it's Zelda. So Gage kills his mommy, and uh, that's not cool. <laughs> we get the body reveal. Yeah, after when Lewis, Lewis comes over. Lewis kills Church finally. He yes. lures him with his stake, and then like injects him with something, and kills Church, um, which he should have done a long time ago. Yeah, and not ever looked back. <laughs> Instead, he let the dang thing linger. Then goes into the house. Now, you'd think that uh, fending off a two-year-old's uh, aggression would be easy. Apparently, not so. Yeah, apparently it is not the easiest thing in the world. It is difficult, at best, for something like that. Gage has gotten very strong. He's very strong. <laughs> he's He stole a scalpel earlier, and he's, like, stabbing uh, Lewis in the chest. Not anywhere vital. Although I believe that anywhere on me is vital. <laughs> but nowhere where I think it would kill him. And then eventually Lewis overpowers him and uh, sticks a needle in Gage. And what did Gage say? No fair. No fair. No fair. No fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and it was the realest that boy looked in his makeup. And then he like stumbles down and he falls. And I'm thinking... This kid just did a pratfall. I know. It's like, I hope that he's okay. Yeah. Obviously, he is. He's in his 30s now. Yeah, he's 32, (laughs) by the way. 32, 33 years old, somewhere along there. So, ladies, he's probably not single. (laughs) Um, He falls over, and he's still, like, grimacing at his father. Like, if I could get up and move my arms, I'd so murder you right now. 
you know, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, thing dies. Lewis burns down the house, but not before what? Taking his wife. That's right. So not only did he not learn from the cat. Yes. He did not learn from the boy. And now, because this is a fresh kill, she yes. might be okay. Yeah. He's going to take her back to the cemetery, bury her, go home, play solitaire. And then what happens? She shows up and the grossest makeout scene in oh, history it's happens. so gross. And I've seen Hellraiser 2, okay? <laughs> I know about gross out scenes, but this is gross. She's got stuff leaking out of her eye and he's using tongue. Like he literally show him... Sticking his tongue in her mouth. See, I was so grossed out by the eye and everything that I could not watch that part. I was like, I had to look away. It was so terrible. And uh, And then she grabs the knife off the kitchen table and murders him. Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. The moral of the story is, let dead things lie. Yeah, (laughs) let's just let the dead stay dead. Um, so what did you think about this movie? This is not your first time watching it, but... It's my second time watching it. Okay. So I, I did enjoy it more than the first time. Right. It is not my favorite movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies. I'm not going to say it's my favorite movie like I did earlier, but yeah, it's one of my favorite horror movies. I wouldn't even go that far. Really? Yes. There was a lot of disjointedness in this movie. Okay. So I just felt like there was something lacking. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, I will say I love Stephen King. Carrie is one of my favorite Stephen King movies. Right. Carrie. And um, book. The Shining. We like The Shining. The Shining is good. And we're probably going to review The Shining in an upcoming episode. Uh, we'll probably do... You know, it will definitely do the stand when it when and if it ever comes out. It would be nice to see an updated stand. Like yes. the the mini series that was on TV was one of the best things ever at the time. Yeah, but we've improved. We've we've improved. Television yeah. movie oh, has production improved. quality yes. has improved. Yeah, this isn't my favorite. Okay, I like the movie. Obviously, I own the movie. We watched it today on Amazon Prime, though. We like our Amazon Prime. We looked everything up on IMDb to get a little bit better trivia knowledge out of this movie. I did forget to mention that there is a uh, Stephen King cameo. He mm-hmm. plays a priest of some sort. Or yeah, a preacher. He, he was the minister for Missy's death. Uh, yeah. The funeral, I mean. Yeah. He puts himself in these movies, at least in the 80s and uh, 90s. I don't know of anything that he's done lately. Like I don't think he I was thought in he made it. a cameo in it. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. remember. I think one of my favorite lines that I heard in this movie: "What you own always comes home to you." Oh yeah, what you own always comes home to you. There's a lot, a lot of, of good taglines in. Yeah, this. a lot of things Judd said are interesting. Like you can tell that he was this old guy. He grew up there. He knows the folklore of this town, and he's watched it grow he's seen all the nasty bits Mm -hmm. and he's seen all the good bits he just became a villain at the end of his life (laughs) just a terrible terrible person so i'm sticking to that judd crandall is a bad person (laughs) you have been listening to fun time movies with eric and arwin and i hope you liked this first episode if you did 
um, you will be eventually be able to uh, contact us through Twitter um, and maybe even a website, maybe some emails. It depends on how popular this gets. If this doesn't get too popular, I'll just talk to open air until it does. <laughs> so this has been Fun Time Movies. Thank you and go watch a movie. Go watch a movie.